0: Hello everybody, uh, my name is Mark Davis and um, I did do a previous podcast, um, I've had to delete that and revise what I say, um, so yeah, um, I'll try and remember I was starting before that I am um, um, I was a prison custody officer at HMP gate for 12 years. Uh, Pigeon-crusted officer is just the private jail's version of a prison officer. Uh, I don't know the politics behind that, but yeah, there you go. Um, I started in the prison in 2011 uh, into the comms room, which uh, most people listening to this don't know what a comms room is, but for those who don't, it's just the little room with no windows in the prison that basically make sure all the staff and the prisoners are safe in the prison. We've got all the CCTV cameras in there. We control the prison on the radio network. Um, And it's a really stressful job for a little pay, to be honest. But, um, yeah, back in them days when I started, I was on £14,000 a year, the same as people who sit on their arse in offices and in other places and hardly do any work. But there you go. Um, one can't grumble, at least one was earning wasn't one. Uh, yeah so, I started off in the comms room, uh, had a brilliant, brilliant time in there. Um, a few arguments, a few little clicks, a few people who didn't speak to each other which I think is quite ridiculous See, we already had a team six but yeah there you go, that's life. Uh, so yeah, I started in the comms room for, did just over two years in the comms room. Uh, the reason I didn't start as a PCO was the Governor at the time, um, I think it was probably before the, all the cuts bit into the prison service, in his wisdom decided he had enough prison officers so he didn't start in for two years. Um, so I got on the course when he restarted it, I actually failed that course uh, because I failed my CNR which is control and restraint, uh, it rather disappointing really but To be fair, a lot of the people I did that course with are all managers and um, assistant directors now, so I probably would have been the letdown on the course. (laughs) So, yeah, I failed that. Um, Luckily, I still had a job, so I went back to the con room. Um, To be fair, I thought people would take the piss out of me a lot because they failed and I was dreading going in, but not one person took the piss. They just encouraged me to go for it again which uh, I'll come to later on with the fantastic, mostly fantastic people I used to work with. Absolutely brilliant people. Um, Unfortunately, it was a few knobheads, but that's life again. So, yeah, we did that. um, And I was in the comms room for quite a while. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, We had good... uh, We had a, a... an assistant director who'd been in the prison service I think since it began, uh, Brian Lickler, he was an uh, absolute brilliant AD uh, and he used to trust us in comms to do as much as we could to help him rather than um, And later times people coming in thinking it was God's gift to the prison service when we didn't have a clue what we did. Brian used to come in every Christmas and the Governor did as well but the Governor never came up to comms. But, Didn't know we existed, I think. But Brian always came to see us at Christmas, always. He was a fantastic bloke. And some of the stories he had were absolutely fantastic. Uh, So, yeah. So, uh, that's about the comms room. Um, And one of the things I've revised this episode is because I maybe talked a bit too much about the comms room. And I shouldn't do really, so... But yeah, big up to the com staff, uh, the ones that are still there now. Still as bad. So, uh, not bad, busy. Busy, sorry. So yeah, I did that. Um, I went on to the PCO training course in July 2013. No, that's right. October 2013. Um, and And... Luckily, there was some staff on that that already worked in the jail, like me, so uh and obviously, there was some straight from Sibby Street, as we like as that squad is still call it Sibby street um so yeah, we had a sixteen on the course. it was a good course, we all bonded quite quickly um and yeah, it was an enjoyable course uh, we came up to the c r bit. Where you have a full week of senior training, then on the Friday you have a big fight with the. Um, ah, I knew it, I promised I would slap my whips together again. Uh, we have a, you have a big fight with the instructors, and they go all in, the instructors, because they, they just go all in. I found out later you'd probably never have a fight in the prison. bleeding. Never have a fight in the prison as hard as long as you do with them instructors um it was proper like full-on scrapping if you like um we we was all kitted up with shields and um the instructor we ran at the instructor and he just battered us about like flies it was uh yeah then we, we realized it was for real so we went in there um he was fighting he was getting out the olds. he was oh, everything was going on um, he had us there for an hour and a half, we were battling with him for an hour and a half. And me being a bit paranoid about failing was like he's doing this on purpose because I failed, it wants me to fail. It wasn't the case, he was just a bell end um So yeah, we got him in the end and I was knackered mate, proper knackered, I got kicked in the head and everything. It was only later on when the adrenaline wore off a bit that I realised I'd had two of my teeth kicked out. Um, so yeah, I was in a bit of pain. Uh, but then we had a removal we had to do a plan removal then where he was in a cell and the main instructor, he Simon Heath, I love Simon Heath, he got me through a lot of crap and he used to have good chats with my mate when I was uh, doubting myself. He said, Yeah mate, there's a shield, go in and get him back. So I ran in the in the cell, I put proper pumps up rather Like, where the f F is it? He got under the bed. So I'm under the bed scrapping with him. Um, I finally get him, I think. So I've got my feet on him and I'm pressing pressing him under the bed. I'm doing the actions here, but you can't see me. I'm pressing him under the bed with my back against the wall. And I'm going like to Mossy and Kim, who was doing it with me, and they say, Mossy, Kim, get him. And Mossy says, you dickhead, you squashing us behind the wall as well. I only they were behind me and I was squashing them as well, so no one could do anything. So, yeah, that was... Uh, but we got him, we, yeah, he was black and blue when he came out because we proper made him suffer for the hour and a half. So yeah, that was, um, it was good. And then they all went out after but I, I didn't go out because I'm, I'm getting old and they all live Stoke area and I live in Chesterfield so you know, there's no way. But uh, yeah, they had a good night because they kept telling me they'd had a good night so yeah. But yeah, we all went in the prison then. Um, Two of them were ex. Uh, two of them ex squadies stayed out of the army with me. There was a few us on for me and Mossy, ex like, squadies. We was like, mate, you needed a bit of time off. You need to come straight in here. they like, no, no, we're not like yeah. they, they did the first shift on Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon they we went home because there was a fight on the wing and they couldn't cope with it. Um, and that's why we said to him, have a break. You need to get your head out of where you was to start in here because. It's, it's different, but it's violence as well, so you've got to get used to it. So they they went home at dinner time on the first shift, never came back. Uh, and that's the trouble, prison officers, it, uh, a lot of these, years, a lot of these ex-prisoners come on the um, podcast saying, oh, screws this, screws that, and all that. Well, actually, we're not, uh, that's why I'm doing this, to, to let you know. Some prison officers are fantastic people and they don't do the job because they're big hard men and they like throwing people behind doors and locking them up. I mean, someone come for a job at our place and he said, why do you want to be a prison officer? And you know what he said? Because I like fighting. It's like, yeah, okay, bye. And he didn't get the job because that's not what it's all about anymore. Um, Don't get me wrong, when we have to, we have to and we do. We don't, you know... uh, there's not many staff who we put up with... Well, I'm saying that. That was in my day. It, it's changed quite a lot nowadays. Uh, we'll go into that a bit later on, I suppose. So, yeah, the... Um, so, we went on the wing and and I got... I was put on my wing, which is the resettlement wing. Uh, detox wing, sorry. Detox and first night wing. Now, before that, people only got... Had to do some service before they went on my wing, and then they had to apply for it. And when they asked me what kind of wing I'd like to go on, I think, oh, because I didn't mention it, did I? Because I, I work with um, a lot of sexually abused young people, um, so I had that, and uh, they thought I'd say I don't want to work on the sex offender's wing, but actually, I said I did because they're not controlling me, I'm controlling them. So that's part of um, why I said I didn't mind working on there. Actually, they made a good decision because later on I'll tell you about it, but it's a good job I didn't go and work on there, for, actually. Um, and then it was, the work, and I said, I'd rather not work on a drugs wing because, you know, it's just, I like to be there to help people. And, and in my head at the time, it's not the same now, I thought that people like that were beyond help, and they didn't care about themselves and all that. And then it was the worst kept secret in Dubgate that I was going to go on night wing when I graduated so there. Uh, so I went on there, and I was quite, even though I'd worked there two years, I was still a bit naive about the prison, the wings. Sorry, uh, and as it happened, four other officers actually, Oh, was it four? Maybe maybe no, but yeah. I'd say four to five officers had been put on that wing at the same time, only they was more experienced. So we went on that wing all the same day, if you like. Uh, and I knew from being in the army that I'd be the T-boy and all that, because I'm new. <laughs> but as it happened, I had fantastic staff working with me who, who showed me the job. Um, apparently I can't mention names, so you know who you are if you listen to this. Um, And they did, they taught me, I was lucky really, because some new officers, uh, and I'll talk about that again a bit later, uh, the older staff, uh, you don't even help them, You just leave them on their own, and and they think, well, that's how we learn, well, yeah. And uh, that's why a lot of people are not here, because they're left on the billy. But these, actually, they all looked after me. Um, It helped a little bit because they knew me from comms, so... Uh, but they did look after me and, and give me some hard lessons um, because when we were in training, we had a different kind of lock on the doors, you know, to lock the, the uh, prisoners in. So Mike Wing had different ones, and, you know, for the life of me, I could not get used to it. I know it's a simple thing, but, no. Um, and I kept thinking they were locked, and they weren't. So I was going around locking up but I weren't actually locking up. It's a good job someone was behind me checking on me. Um, so, Tim with the staff, uh, like, right, Mark, come here. And he got me at this cell and he says, right, you're going to open and shut that door till you get it right for as long as it takes. And I have to stand there for ages, like about 10 times it took, and I finally got it right. Some people may think that's a bit rough, but it worked. And I did similar to other officers I mentored, uh, but they weren't as daft as me, most of them knew how to do it. but. Uh, but yeah they taught me that lesson and once I went upstairs right to the top floor we only had two floors by the way the ones and the twos I went to the top floor right to the far corner and this prisoner asked me for a toilet roll so I went downstairs got in his toilet roll which was by the desk and uh, the officer says um, what are you doing? So I'm taking him a toilet roll he says put that back he's a grown man if he didn't stop pissing about before lock up He'd have checked his toilet roll. No, put it back. So I learned a lesson there. Uh, and you know what? For the next ten years, it really pissed me off and grown men were asking for um, toilet rolls and they'd been messing about all ten minutes before bang up. Don't get me wrong, I will not leave them all. If I was on nights, I'd give them a toilet roll because I'm not going to leave someone all night. Without a toilet roll, that's cruel and also it's we'd have shitty socks flying around the wing in the morning. So uh, yeah, it was brilliant, they were brilliant. They, they taught me a lot. Um, one officer taught I say she they taught me a lot, but they only say, oh, we only taught you the good things, but not the daft things you do now and again. Um, I think that was ingrown on me though, to uh, do daft things. So yeah, we was, uh, was on there for five years, I think. Um, if I start telling all the stories about what happened on Mike Wing, I think I'd run out of time. Um, but yeah, it was uh, we had to do a bit of hard work to clean it up when we got on there, because it stunk. We had uh, survey workers falling asleep in the dinners because well, they were serving because they were off the boxes on drugs. and uh, The wing was just, you could smell Mike Wing as you walked through the door, it was horrendous but um, the experienced staff got some new uh, wing workers in and stuff like that. Uh, Long-termers who were here for a long time and they come in and cleaned it all up for us and took over the survey so no one had face prints in the mashed potatoes and stuff like that. I'll I'll give you another tale about mashed potatoes in a bit. Um, So yeah, we had uh, quite a good wing and it ended up I could safely say, honestly, that it became not like you hear these prisoners saying, uh, "We ruled it well. We ruled the wing. The screw, yeah. Well, these screws were all right. We ran our wing." Uh, and I don't mind being called a screw because all these people who think it's an insult need to check their history on uh, prison officers uh, because that's just what we were called when it started. Because we used to have screws to screw the door shut. Simple. It's not an insult. So uh, yeah. Or the prisoners who think they're insulting me, calling me a screw, you say, oh yeah, I'm quite honoured to be called a screw mate. That problem, thank you. Um, Obviously when I've been there a bit and I got a bit more confident. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I worked at Lot three. We um, worked mainly on my wing, but obviously we covered other wings when we we were short staffed or people were on annual leave and stuff like that. But it wasn't often because... I mean even in them days we had three on a wing which you wouldn't even think about these days so yeah we had three on a wing it was it was good stuff uh, we all worked together we actually was because um, one of our uh, more experienced staff was a stickler for because it, a lot of drugs were coming in on a detox wing was a stickler for uh, we as we call them in them days LBBs uh, we used to do ours on my wing every day without fail. Every day we'd be in every cell checking, um, because if you if you don't, they get, the prisoners get to know your routine and they'll just pass everything to one another. what we're doing ours today, you have it. But no, on our wing we did every single wing every day. Uh, we caught some. Um, uh, there was one example: me and um, Claire, the eyes. Bradshaw, uh, we're doing our LBBs and we wait, We opened this door and this lad jumped up from his table and sat on his bed. Um, I don't know why, he thought we wouldn't ask him to stand up, I don't know. Uh, maybe they didn't in all the prisons. But... So straight away, we and Claire are suspicious, so she uh, says, we start doing LBBs, we leave him sat there at first, just so we, did, we could do it before he kicked off. Uh, and then we said, right mate, stand up. And he's like, well, you've checked Michelle. I said, look, and Claire's like, stand up, do as you're told. Because believe me, she, she was scared of Claire. She didn't care. She's an ex ex-squad um, air. She was a um, medic. So I'm um, like, oh, for God's sake, here we go. So he stood up, and oh, my God, he had about 20 bags of wraps, what he sat on. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he had to get moved to SEG, and... Um, yeah, that was it. i tell you how mad Claire was. He was one day, he was on the wing on the on twos the and this prisoner was giving a shit and she's just up there. So me, thinking I'm being a gentleman, goes up to this lad and says, pushed him, said, get behind your door. Uh, as I come round, Claire stood up there glaring at me and she says, what are you doing? I said, putting him behind his door, mate. I don't want to talk to you like I said, don't ever do that to me again. I wanted to deal with that. And it was like I was being sexist, but I wasn't, it's just ingrown, it's just, you know, yeah. Um, and <laughs> I went off then for me break, i come back and this lad had gone and he was in sec, like Claire, and Claire had gone in and they twisted him up and took him down sec. <laughs> and then like, they put a picture of me on Facebook, well not me, this little face sticking out of a cupboard saying I was hiding in the cupboard while they did all the work. <laughs> But yeah, she's a bit of a, an hard girl, Claire. And most of most it, I'm not going to call them girls. I mean, female officers I worked with, were hard man. They were proper hard. Between some of my colleagues, as I was going with the girl, the the females and the uh, males, they didn't tend no shit. And they used to swear worse than us as well. So I just thought I'd put that in. So yeah, um I've mentioned the name, and I didn't mean to, but. I, don't, I didn't insult him or anything, so, so yeah, Claire's, uh, yeah, so that, that was going on all the time, we did it every day, um, in, um yeah, it was, uh, kept us busy, kept the prisoners on the toes that was coming round all the time, and, uh, we actually started winning cleanest wing in a jail after a couple of weeks, so, uh, the uh, wing workers and uh, cleaners and that on the, on the wing, they did really well because the uh, they were living there weren't they? So they wanted it clean. They're not just in for, for two or three weeks and then going home. So we uh, on my wing, we uh, we the officers, we actually uh, ran the wing to be fair. Uh, we did have some bad issues on there um, and we had quite a few seen incidents, incidents um, but not as many as other wings um, and we was on top of it all the time uh, it's just that's what we did and 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 to be fair that's how i carried on because that's how i had been taught just keep on top of the wing um, go in you know, make sure they know that we're in charge. Uh, it's not being hard at us. I used to sit and listen to prisoners for was chatting on and we used to sit around and we used to talk and have a laugh and have some banter. But the prisoners knew. I mean, I've, prisoners used to come in and out, as you can understand, with the detox wing. And as the years went by, prisoners were coming back and I worked in reception then. And we would going, oh, Mark, I wish there was more screws like you, while it was on my old mic wing, because... We knew where we stood we knew what, and uh, you know they we were if anyone was being bullied, it was dealt with by the staff, so they felt actually felt safe on might wing at the time because the way everybody worked on mit wing um but yeah that that's how I was taught by the four five or six staff who were more experienced when I went on there because somebody told me that when I went on the wings, listened to the experienced staff on the wings because even though the managers are managing the staff who work the wing know more about the wing than anybody and I've took that forward and later on when I mentored new officers I that's my first thing out of the head. Not disrespect the managers they've got an hard job but each individual wing at the time the experienced staff knew the wing. Uh, later on it was changed and you didn't work on a certain wing, you just worked on the house block, which, in my opinion, just my opinion, nobody else's, that's what ruined, ruined the staff-prisoner relationship. Because the prisoners knew us, we knew them, so, you know, anyone, if I, 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 we noticed, if anyone was, like, acting strangely or not themselves, we'd be like, yeah, mate, come in here, what's up? And you'd be surprised, them, you know, they're being bullied, or we've they, got no money for the canteen, or you know, just little things. But to me, that what we did on that wing, we stopped anything escalating because we knew the wing, and we noticed you notice your prisoners are not acting right, uh, especially around canteen day. But that's another story, isn't it? So, um, yeah, fantastic staff I work with. And I can't. There's a few knobheads, but you know, it, there's going to be a few nobbets anywhere, isn't there? But 99% of us, we all got on really good on every wing. We, I could go where a leave my wing and it, it'd just be like, yep, yeah, straight through the door, stay on with it, because we all knew each other and we, we knew every, each other's strengths and weaknesses and all that. I mean, uh, yeah. so uh, it, it was quite, <laughs> I'm not going to say calm, but it was quite not so bad as it could be in a Cat B jail with a 1,000 prisoners. Um, Because when I first started, the bells were going off all the time. Um, Like two, three, four, five times a day. Uh, And it it sort of settled down for a bit. Um, Until we started getting uh, quite a lot of prisoners from other jails. And we had the riots and we got a lot of rioters in. And we had to start doubling up in cells because not many people were being jailed. As Probably everyone knows from them riots how it was. Um, and we settled down for that but until uh, we started getting a lot of uh, people coming in who thought, Oh, we'll go to a private jail, we'll the pitch the staff don't know what to do with it with piss easy and all that but uh, most of them found out the hard way that it wasn't the way to uh, you know, we were but well, I'd say I was a bit experienced by then but there's a lot of experienced staff who uh, work at Dovegate have been there for 10, 15, and now still people there, be there 20, 20 to, to prison open. So uh, we're not as naive in, as these people who come from other jails yeah. think really, we're quite on the ball at the at the time. Because it, when I first went out of Wigs there was lots of people there, they've been, been there 4, 5, 6 years. Um, Uh, And, you know, I I said to officers, I meant, no question, stupid, if you're not sure, ask because that's the only way you're going to learn because you might think something strange but say not and it ends up a big deal. So always ask. I said, "Um, and I did that. I was asking questions all the time about it and it worked. It helped me. The staff didn't mind because at the end of the day, we're all in it together. So it is a, a big to do then they wanna know that you're there and I I and I wanna know they're there and that's how was. And that was all about prison at the time. We could if we had an internet on our house block and we all ran there, the staff were like, they didn't what are you do need we just got in there and started it. Uh, it's a lot different now. People will just stay on the wing. Can't be what they were You know, and in them days we didn't clear the wing when it was a kick off we were scrapping with prisoners when everyone else was out. Uh, That's one of the good things I think come when things change. That if anyone kicks off, lock the wing up, then deal with them. So we've got no interference and no screaming, mufti and all this, uh, which is a good thing. But the worst time for that when we did lock them up is when Mamba and Spice first come into jail. That was horrendous because we was pinning these people down for ages and ages, and everyone's out cheering. I mean, we started cheering at first. And then when we started banging them up, they're like, "I mean, I was on the wing once, and I learnt this up, and an older officer, week was V and V and Bromwick. he's like, this kid come out of a cell like this, Aunt Mamba, like a mong, and um sorry, like um, a zombie, and um Vian said to you, just tell the lads, the big lads on wing, that if you don't, if he's not behind his door in two minutes, I'm gonna lock the wing down, and." Trust me, best advice ever, mate. Two minutes later, a lad was behind his door. I said, tight, lock the door. And everyone carried on with the day. It was on a weekend when it out all day. Two things, you don't want to be locked up on a weekend. And secondly, they can't do the dodgy deals, can they, if they're all locked up. So yeah, so again, I'm just saying the advice I got off other officers just that I kept in my head. Um, yeah, that. so how I worked mainly, Mainly, I'm not going to t- blame you for the daft things I did. It was all because I asked questions and people advised me and stuff and uh, told me, you know, good ways to deal with it. And also with Ian, he, he took a broken rhythm once. Uh, so, yeah. Big love, Ian. Ian, madhead. <laughs> so, yeah, it was um, quite good in them days. And, and it was like I learned... About teamwork when I was in the army, and like I did three years uh, working with a small group of lads, Task Force Foxtrot in Germany, and that's where I I learned close bond, close bond with everybody. I mean, a lot of us are still in touch now, and I, I come out of the army in 1982, so you know, it's, <laughs> we've been uh, still in touch now, and it, that's but I can honestly say. I never felt more part of a team than when I was in the prison service. Um, so yeah, we had yeah difficult times, we went through bad times, but like the police or the fire brigade and I, we, prison officer humour gets you through some stuff that if other people heard what we talked about after something happened, they'd be like, wow, shock, horror. But it's all, you know, get it all out. Um one time um, I got attacked by um, <laughs> a one legged man attacked me with his leg. Um, he'd been giving the nurse some shit, so we went in to talk to him, and all of a sudden he launched his false leg. Uh, I think they always threw it at me, I think because I was the smallest, reporter. you. Um, me and my mate, Jace, we had to um, CR him, check him down to the thing, but he. Uh, for months after I walked out of jail, they'd be hopping up going, come on, like they had one leg, going, come on, Mark. I'm like, oh, piss off, man. Leave me alone. So, yeah, um, there was one where I was in the office at the top of the wing, just made a brew, which annoyed me. Uh, and this lad's coming in, he goes, Mark, Mark, they're fighting, down, they're fighting in that cell at the bottom. So, oh, for God's sake, I've just made a brew. And I'm quite funny about my coffee, so, you know, I don't have cheap stuff in my coffee. So um, I ran down and I got to the cell door and I just, I just burst out laughing because we had this bloke, not the same bloke who attacked me, but another bloke with one leg, sat in a chair and this other young lad sat in a chair opposite him and he was just punching each other on the chairs. So I'm like, Ugh. after I stopped laughing, I'm like, what's going on here? And this young lad said, well, we had a beef mark and because he's got one leg, I thought it'd be fair if I sat down and he sat down I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it. We're in prison, and you you've got like rules like that. I said, amazing. He said, you know what? I I'm not even going to nick you for fighting because I just can't. I'm not going to stand up in front of the governor and say you two lads sat on a chair punching each other. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So um, yeah, things like that happening all the time. It was just crazy. And another one where I went up to this cell and this lad sat there with a big black eye and he's like, oh, he's been battered. So I said, what's up with you, mate? So what's happened to your face? He goes, I fell out of the top bunk. I said, well, mate, we don't have bunk beds on this wing. I said, so who's levered you? He won't tell me. And I walked off and the lad next door was there and I said, was it you? And he just laughed. I said, Ugh, you know. But you know I've done it, but there's nothing I can do because... I've got no proof. It's like if if you smell cannabis in a cell, and you go in, if they're not smoking it, you can't do it put it. They're like, oh, someone else is in my cell smoking it, and they a allowed one in the cell. If he'd have said this two, there was a few of them in here smoking. I'd have nicked him for having, but so I'm like, yeah, okay. So, but don't let me catch you, because I'll I'll have you off. Because it was a detox wing. Our aim was to try and keep drugs off to help him. Uh, and once we actually got praised, uh, the wing staff. They said we had a drug-free wing, and we just all looked at each other and laughed. Said, "Mates, prison is never going to be a drug-free wing." Uh, people were coming in with it um, in the prison pocket. Um, anyone who doesn't know that is it's so up the red right end. Uh, and the most one of the most horrendous things I've seen is one come in. He was packed up. Um, and the uh, prisoners spooned him, basically, it's horrendous, basically stick a spoon inside him and get the drugs out. This lad was, uh, he, he ripped his insides out and he uh, <coughs> blood and everything, everything, he had to go to hospital mate, he ruptured something inside him, horrendous. But people were doing it, they were, get, they were getting nicked so they could come to jail with drugs and later on it was tobacco. Um, and it was worse with the mamba because at the time we we had no one had anything for detecting it and it was technically legal so that was coming in big style all over the place. We used to call Saturday and Sunday mamba Saturday mamba Sunday because big visits day Saturday and Sunday. It used to be all over the place. So uh, and ambulances coming in all the time and. One Sunday, we would just spent all day running from wing to wing, restraining people who were off it and mamba, um, running around naked, thinking they could fucking fly. Uh, stood on top of railing, ready to jump because they thought they could fly. And oh, uh, and like I said first, for the rest of the lads, it was oh, it was a bit of fun and all that. And then they got sick of it because we started locking the wings down when anyone was on mamba. So you can you can guess some wings were locked up for most of the day because people would have it, they'd come out and they'd be after it again. There's one lad, we had to, We had to ring the air ambulance in and we had to rush him out, he rushed to hospital in the air ambulance. Um, a few hours later he discharged himself, come back and what, what we are going to find? Off his head on Mambo again, a few, a few hours later, it's like it just never ended. Um, the scene was like, we were chasing round the wing after naked men. We were out, off on CNR, you know, off on uh, Mamba, and they were going in other people's cells. The prisoners were going off it, get him out, of my shell, sitting down on my bed, and all this. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. We got him in the end, but it was, uh, uh, well, I wasn't with him, but they got him in the end. But uh, apparently, someone got slapped by his willy when they were restraining him, but that's, uh, never been confirmed and the person still denies it, so yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, there was all kinds going on. There was um the only time I've ever let a prison hit me and not do nothing about it, we had the lad called Colin, prisoner, he used to have really bad he had diabetes but he had it really bad and it sometimes you just go on a proper diabetic like coma no well, collapse. Um, of course when he was coming round didn't I have a clue and he, he come round once and I was stuck with him and he, am like, come on you'll be alright and all that. next thing he swings his out not on purpose, smacks me out right the side of the mouth and I said I tell you what mate the first prisoner that's hit me and not got, I've not done anything about it. Um, Funny enough he obviously goes to the hospital then and when he comes back he says I remember you mate saying I was the only person to it You'd let. He said, "I'm sorry." I said, "No, mate, you didn't mean it. That's why I let you off." Um uh, we we become quite. Uh, we got on quite well after that, and um, and his neighbour Billy Moore from he was from Liverpool, but he was uh, doing a long time, and he he's like, "Oh, that was easy, that man." And then Billy helped me out a lot. Then later on, when he uh, I was on golfing then, I went on to golfing then. I was on just on, on that on lakes that day when I dealt with him. Uh, yeah, so um, to me, that's how you make you get respect, and people, you know, prisoners don't hate you as much as they should. They do, like, they don't, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like giving little things for them, and they didn't remember it. Um, it's like a few times we've been involved in see well, we got involved in seeing you know, all the staff. Um, and the next day, the prisoner's like, alright, just letting answers, like, I know you're just doing your job, and it wasn't personal, I'm like, yeah. I wish some of you would say that when you tackles us because we got a light shirt on, but... Erm, um, yeah, it's stories all the time. Um, and one of them where We caught this lad passing through the railing, so we got him in his cell. Erm... Um, Went his cell, he ripped his shirt off, but yeah, come on, and so... It ended up in a CNR incident. We got him down to SEG, Um Went for his nicking the next day. He sat down, he went, Yeah, I hold my hands up, I uh, yeah, I had drugs. The staff had to see an me because that's the job, and he just held his hands up. um That lad, I'd say his first name, Kev, he uh, did that a few times. He never ever like he'd obviously try and hide the drugs and give us a bit of jit, but he never ever like he always took responsibility. If we caught him, we caught him. And uh, that was it, he was a I don't like to say a proper prisoner, a regular prisoner, he knew to score. And we he probably got away with it more times than we caught him. Um but when I was away, uh, I worked people gonna laugh when I say this. I worked away for a few weeks in the Caribbean and Kev took a passing visit, so the staff seen him, but it's one of them bloody kinder eggs. So he tried to swallow it. Unfortunately, he, he he died. He couldn't get it out, and he choked to death. Which uh, it was a, a little bit upsetting, and I know people say, "Oh, why are you upset?" Because, like I said before, previously he used to hold his hands up straight away. Yeah, can't mate, no problem. Um, and I just wondered why this time he tried to hide it rather than hand it in. All I can think is he was because he wasn't our an wing anymore. Then it uh, was under some pressure or. Something to bring it on because normally everybody just held his hand up and handed it over, and actually three prison officers had to leave the job after that because it was quite horrendous. Apparently, um, I don't know how I'd have been affected because like I'd known Kevin a long time, um, so uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of more stories like that. Um, so, if anyone, if we get enough people, I'll come on again. Obviously. Um, and I just what, again, I just can't fault. Ninety five percent of the people I work with just absolutely brilliant, and I knew, if they were on shift with me, that I knew, we'd all be going home that day because we all had each other's backs. Um, 'cause there'd be some. I mean, I'm only five foot, five and a half. I what at the half on that normally. um, and. You know, with a lot of the the females as well and the, you just you oh, wow. Um and then there's some big, massive lads, big muscles strut about like the big rock hard man and they'll run away. Or they'll disappear when it kicks off. You know, you stood there with a prisoner in your face, you turn around, oh hang on, where's he gone? He's gone. Absolutely gone. um, and then you like I mentioned earlier with Ian, um how we took a broken rib for me, we I was working a laptop two in a shift, and this prisoner refused to bang up, and he was sat by the telephones, at the end of the wing, uh, and he refused to bang up. So we just another lesson I learned: if someone no bangs up, lock the wing up, just ignore them, so they're on their own and not got an audience. Uh, so we did this. We locked him up. Billiam was um, manager then I think, or acting manager at the time, so. I'm talking to this lad, keeping my distance, obviously, um, and then other staff come on, being come on, and we're talking to him, and um, I, I did a negotiators course, and I got pulled up for this because I, I used to get too close. I can't help it, I don't know, I'm a bit daft. So I'm walking up to this lad, trying to talk to him, uh, and he makes a grab for my tie to pull me towards him, but obviously we wear clip-ons. And as he grabbed my tie, he pulled his shank out of his pocket, and he pulled me, um pulled my tie, but they'd come off luckily, like I said. And like, i stood back. Um, and then, Vian and someone else come in with me, and we got him on the floor. Um, and he was fighting like mad, and he punched me in his rib, broke his ribs and everything, and he was proper fighting. Now all these male prisoners who stood to one side looking, because they, they thought, Oh, we can't help, because there's three of them, it? But, yeah, you can. Uh, and then this female officer come in with a shield and just slammed it on top of him. So, yeah, so then we could put the holes on. But, uh, yeah, he ain't got a broken rib then. Uh, it still reminds me about it now and... Well, he did, now and again. Normally when he wants something. <laughs> but, no, I'd do anything for him anyway. He's, he's a good... good... His brother was on my course, Ethan... Um, Ethan got stabbed on the wing once, um, pretty bad, and obviously the alarm went, we all went on and uh, the governor at the time, Claire Pearson, said to me, Mark go and get Vian, because he was wanted to do this lad in for stabbing his brother, so we had to go and get Vian and calm him down and get him away for a bit. Um, and people laugh about that, because it's normally them pulling me away, because I lose my head too much, it's not a good thing by the way, Um, it's one of my faults I think, and it followed me throughout my career to be fair, but yeah, um, and then I got, I'm only going through this quick because if people want to wear more then I'll do another one if they don't, and you've got this and hey ho, Um, I went down to reception then, oh mate, yeah I said earlier about comms being a small team yet it was still clicks and bickering and stuff, went to reception first time and it was still a bit of that but not so much because we were a small team we, we have to work together you know and we have to work long hours sometimes and it's hard um, hard work most people think it's not because in reception you're busy in the morning taking the, getting the, cu- the courts down and then soon as they're gone you're getting the transfers down and you've got to go through all that some of them have loads of prop you've got to go through and weighing in it and all that palaver and then you get them in the you get them in the waiting room as we like to call them um, and then you get about half an hour 40 minutes before the vans turn up so that's when we have a brew and have our breakfast and have a little bit of a laugh and a giggle and and you can guarantee you're in that half an hour 40 minutes a governor or other staff will walk through and go, oh, sat on your asses again doing that. It's like, what? Uh, and it's only when people actually come and work out there that they realise it's uh, a bit of a monster job, even in late on late You you can come in at, I think we used to start at one o'clock then, and if the day staff had finished everything, then you'd have a bit of a, a lull. I mean, in the afternoon, we used to do, like, other stuff like prop and that, but um, and then from four o'clock, and it could be till midnight. You're just non-stop, then He's just running about and bringing prisoners in, and oh my! And then you'll get oh such and such a, a body being released. They've got bail, so you've got to go get them, and then you've got to go through all that with the release then as well as all these ten prisoners waiting to be taken up to landings. So it's a really busy job. So you've got to be a good team. Um, and most of us was I mean it was again a bit of like shall I say backstabbing and stuff but it's just mm-hmm. usual stuff Um, it was the second time I was in uh, reception absolutely fantastic I mean everybody had everyone's back if we had an issue we'd go in the back right we would be in the back room and get it out with so yeah and uh, a few years earlier, I'd met Lucy Swift, she just started, she came on to oh, was put 3, on to Mike Wing, and uh, we got along like an house on fire, and then I'm working with her to get a reception. Mate, she saved my job a few times, and probably the only one I listened to, when she said, Mark, shut the fuck up and get away. That's what she was like, she still does it now. Even when I've left, she'll tell me off. Uh, I fell out with her once, I felt that bad. Uh, I couldn't wait till the next day to kiss her, kiss her feet and please forgive me, Woo-hoo. But yeah, so good friends, still is. A lot of people I work with are good friends, mate, but, you know, we have some of them are a bit better friends than others, aren't you? Erm, um, yeah, Smithy, Zach, Mr. Ed. <laughs> He'll know who i mean. Um, yeah, Andy Winfield, what a laugh man, What, a, he's got the driest sense of humour ever. When he says something, you're like, what? You piss yourself laughing. Um, brilliant, all of them, can't bolt them. if I, I forgot someone, I know I have no. Page, the manager, brilliant. Gaz, fantastic. Did you do anything for him? He used to tell me off, I mean... Did know it's got, did know I'm losing my rag and be like, Mark, get outside, go and have a fag. And I'd go out and have a fag and I'd be alright when I come down. And Gaz used to say, Mark, put your negotiator's head on. I'll go, I'll go into that later on. Uh, I don't want to, I need you to come back and listen to me uh, other stories. Uh, yeah, there's loads of him, There was one where me and Gaz, Gaz was a uh, duty manager, Oscar One, and I was working at the offices in reception and that. Uh, um, someone had assaulted a female officer in the uh, healthcare. So, Gaz asked to go, he's asked to go and he said, Mark, come with me. So I ran up with him, he's like, get your negotiator on here in case. So we went in, and this bloke had flooded his cell and everything. He was um, Polish. Um, and he was kicking off, so we had to restrain him. and. Uh, he was making out he couldn't understand our, our instructions to him, so I'm like, We just fucking I swore, basically. But we just got cameras then and Gaz had the camera on. So um, the next day I got called upstairs because I was swearing on camera. I was like, What? We, we was fighting with his prisoner and he weren't listening to instructions, so yeah, I swore. Oh well, we don't like swearing on the camera, so oh god. That changed later on, obviously, he's gonna be swearing in there. Um and then it, I thought then I always getting it's getting through PC this job. You know, it's a male prison course, people are gonna swear, but, what's up with you? Um, but yeah, Gaz's brilliant and he always used to say if anything's going on he could put you on head on. Um so yeah, good man Gaz. uh yeah, likes him a lot. So he uh I'm Paige brilliant, I mean I knew Paige when she first started and she didn't take no shit off nobody um, and she still doesn't to be fair. Uh, I'll tell you more about that later when, when Paige jumped in when I got assaulted but we'll go. I'll tell you that later on. Um, people from Gate listening to this probably know all about it anyway so I'm rattling to... Uh, Hopefully, people who listen to this that don't work at HMP Woking, or people that have left, or just people who maybe not heard them stories. <laughs> I doubt it because I'm always banging on about them. I've been here twelve years, I'd about you know one of them. Um, yeah, good. Um, and we relationship, professional relationship with prisoners think was a very good end of gator. Inter- we actually got praise for it once on an inspection. So, prisoner room and staff relationships, I said once, we got praise for it a few times. It was really good. Um, once the prisoner calmed down a bit, it, we had really good relationships with uh, most of the prisoners. you still got the odd we eight screw prisoners and all that, but uh, mostly... It was good, especially the some wings where the officers, like, if you like, run the wing, people think that's a bad thing, but actually a lot of prisoners were quite glad that the officers run the wing, they felt a bit safer. Um, but we, have, we still have to have our ears and eyes all over, hyper, you I hyper alert all day. It's quite it's busy it's tiring to be honest, um, because it could happen at any time. Um. yeah, even now I've left the prison service, uh, I was actually at uh, my therapist actually, sounds a bit posh but it wasn't, and uh, the door was shut and I heard squeaky trainers outside the office so, like, I jumped out of the chair I was opening the door before I realised I was not in the jail. Because one of the signs that it's going to kick off is when, in them days anyway, when prisoners put the traders on instead of the flip-flops, um, little subtle signs that you get to learn. Um, so you're hyper, hyper alert all day and it can be quite tiring sometimes. Um, you get got other officers nowadays who are not, and there's stabbings and all kinds of stuff going on on the wing and they don't even know about it. Um, I think when we was on, at the time, the wings, a lot of it wouldn't have happened because the staff were... I mean, we had to and I know this might sound strange to people now um, and you think oh that's the job anyway but yeah it was and we so one of us used to always be walking around the wing especially uh, on a Saturday or Sunday our, our, during um, association when everyone was out He used, used to be one of us always walking around the wing just checking and that's how we kept to the rule that uh, you only have one in yourself yourself at like the prisoner and one more um, and that's how we kept it and it was like the LBBs, they knew that we'd be walking down so they have to either be quick doing the deals or they would do a deal because we'll catch you and uh, it was zero tolerance, if anyone was suspicious or acting like that then they were nicked it wasn't um, zero tolerance, there was no talking away out of it um, just little things like that you need to keep on top of and then I mean, like I said, a lot of the prisoners are, like, glad because know, you know that if anyone goes in the cell to threaten them, we're going to catch him because we're always walking around the wing. Um, I don't think that happens anymore. Uh, I'm not seeing, apart from a goal on our slot three and staff on my wing are always doing it. They're always on the move around the wing. Um, it was quite, to be fair, even when we was on my wing, it, most of the time you're walking out anyway because there's always uh, nurses or doctors or uh, ISMT workers coming on the wing and, and we used to escort them round so we was always going down anyway. Uh, apparently some of the nurses tell me now that officers don't even walk with them to itself. So they'll open the door and walk off, which to me is against all the rules. First of all, you've got drug addicts on there who, who are in debt and if someone says to him, right, you want to take that nurse hostage and we'll give you some mamba, they'll do it. And that's why we was always with them, wherever the nurse was, we one of us was there. Um, okay, there were three of us on the wing, so yeah. But that's not the point. Even the same in reception, if you if we hear anyone shouting at the nurse, we'll just remove them instantly. Because um, the nurses are nurses, they're, they're there to help prisoners. they, they don't understand that, they're shouting and bawling at the nurse, but she's there to help you, mate. If you're going to shout and bawl at her, she's not staying. And I used to check him out and lock the door. Uh, and then even then the nurse said, oh, no, mate, we've got to go and see him, we've got to go and see him. So I'm like, OK, give him five minutes and we'll go back in. Um, which we did. Um, to be honest, there was a few of them, It was so horrendous to the nurses, even some of the other prisoners were like, yeah, we'll have a word with him. we don't talk to the nurses like that. And uh, on my wing, we didn't let, we dealt with discipline we, or anything like that. The wing workers would always would always say, listen, don't do that again. But they never actually, we never actually said, oh, go, go fill him in, <laughs> you know, like you see on the telly. Uh, we didn't do that on, on our wing. I'm not saying it didn't happen because I'm not that naive, but we did not encourage them to deal with it for us. We dealt with it. Um, and a lot of them used to have our backs as well. Um so uh, I mean I, I'll go into something about that later on, but um, where a seventy-year-old prisoner helped a female officer, and then told me if it was me he wouldn't have helped. <laughs> that was uh, that's another story really for another day I think. Um, so I all oh, that was uh, it was it was good because we had mostly we had good banter with the prisoners and we. A lot of the officers I knew, we'd give prisoners everything they was entitled to. It was none of this, oh, can they have this gob? Yeah, uh, and not doing it. Uh, a lot of us would say, yeah, we'll do it, we'll try and get it here, but if I can't, I can't. I'll be honest with you, I'll try my best. Um, and it's just little things like that. You just, you, oh, go I need some uh, prison tracksuit bottom, for instance, or stuff. So. No, yeah. So I say, listen, you've had, you've had your, you know, you get two pairs when you come in. And he's like, yeah, good, but I've got no clothes and I want to wash them. I say, okay, give me a minute. And I would go down reception and I'll ask him and say, I mean, to be fair, I didn't work in reception. So they say, yeah, yeah, of course you can. And I take about five pairs and put them in the cupboard, but don't tell reception that. <laughs> to be fair, mate, I still let people do it when I work there because it's, it, you know what I mean? It's... They appreciate it, and one good thing with uh with prisoners, you, I mean, I found on the detox wing it weren't so much because, a lot of them were addicts. Well, prisons their cells are so spotless, um, and some of them have got more than I've got in my house. So, um, but these others we had on my Wing, sorry to go back to my Wing, were brilliant. Uh, and one of them he used to have a gym, before he um tried to make more money with stuff and uh, he used to have all the detoxers, well I won't say all of them but the vast majority of them, he used to check them out every day on the exercise yard and he'd have them running around the exercise yard and doing press-ups and, and uh, on the bars and everything and it was brilliant and the detoxers loved it and I just said to him, well, I said, why do you do that with them? He said because it's good for the mental health, it's good their addiction, their addiction, but this takes the mind off it, which now is the modern thing, is it? Exercise helps. And he used to do it every day and it, he loved it. Uh, and then we found that after these sessions with him, we were so knackered, he just slept all day. So. And then um, when we got a bit of stuff on the wings, he used to do it on the wings with them and everything. It was, it was fantastic. Um, and a lot of the older but the lads, our wing workers and that who, like I said, were long-termers. Um, Yeah, they did. They helped. They helped the um, detoxers a lot. They used to, like, help them, get them to help them do the cleaning and stuff. Uh, and it wasn't like, I'll sit here and you do all the cleaning. They used to go around with them saying, yeah, look, you've missed this. Uh, we employed one uh, cleaner and he was OCD. Oh my god, I've never known the landing, the stairs on the landing so clean. He used to scrub in between the bars and he'd do that, and like you say, you only need to do that once or twice a week or every day. As soon as you come out, he's on these railings. Um, Lads would clean the wing and he'd clean it again. It's like brilliant. Uh, But he was only on remand, so he technically couldn't have a job. We used to pick our own workers then, so. Uh, now they give jobs, one lad, assaulted staff, he over other prisons, took hostages, all kinds of garbage, and they went and gave him a job as a wing cleaner. It's like, what? So yeah, we had put up with stuff like that. Uh, but at the time, we could pick our own wing workers and uh, we, the more experienced staff used to go round and poach you know, all these long-termers from other the wings and like, come on our wing, we'll look after you and you. Uh, and we had them all down one side, so they weren't mixing. All the others were together down one side, so it was uh, perfect, really. Because obviously one day we were, there might be no one, uh, regular staff on a wing. <coughs> and like other wings, that's quite confusing because prisoners will be like, oh, I'm a wing worker, I'm a wing worker. And you don't know because you don't work on a wing. So then some people, I used to say, I do know, mate, I'll just go and check. But other staff would say, oh, okay let them out. And they're not wing workers at all. But on our wing, they were all on one side. So if someone wasn't off the wing, they knew where our wing workers was. It was all on one side. And these lads were quite proud of the job they did and quite glad they had it. So they wouldn't say, oh, you need to let them out. There, go, he's a wing worker as well. They wouldn't know. Um, I was on the wing once. I was on with, um, I, well, I can say his is left. Taz Rafiq. What a fucking. I'll tell you some stories about him, mate. Brilliant. Um, But they pulled Taz off to do some uh, plan removals. And they're like, Oh, you're all right, Mark, for an hour or two. He'll be back. I said, Yeah, yeah, no worries, because everyone was locked down apart from the wing workers. So I was like, Yeah, 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 fine. Comes uh, Unlock, no Taz. They sent him to do something else. And it's like, God. And so I had to unlock all the wing. Uh, fortunately, someone brought my trolley up for me because I was on my own. I couldn't go off the wing and get the trolley because... In fact, I probably could have because the wing workers would probably look after the wing for me, but I'd have got in trouble for doing it. Um, and they set the survey up, everything, um, did the survey for me and I had to keep an eye because we used to keep an eye on the queue then because we used to have to give the butter out and the stuff. Two butters each, that's all we got. No more now they just put the box on the table and they all dive in and the late ones don't get any but anyway, different world. Um so I'm like that on my own, I'm like, Jesus. So I'm dealing with it. Then we have to lock up. I'm like, Jesus And the wing workers all went down and said, Come on, lads, get behind your door and they helped me getting behind the door, so I just have to go around locking the doors. Uh, same in the afternoon, no tad. Have to do all his paperwork there. So. And uh, one time I went and I said, listen, I'm on my own out there. And they are like, yeah, you're all right, you're coping. So I had to cope all day on my own, but the wing workers helped me out so much. Um, and I went after work, I went and I said, listen, and went, oh, well done. I said, well, fucking well done, I was lucky. I said, if them lads wouldn't have helped me, I would have had no chance. I said, don't ever do that to me again. I didn't want praise you for doing it. I was lucky I had help to do it. If I had them be, had me back, if you like, I wouldn't have been out to do all that. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, five years on might Wing, lots and lots of stories there for uh, next time or if anyone wants anything. Um, no sake comments about, oh, yeah, I've been here 12 years, yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, there's lots of stories there. They went from... Recep- I was in uh, on Mike Wing and then they was integrating the Mike Wing and reception, which I think is another good idea. Not many good ideas come from up top, but this was a good idea. Uh, because we were so closely together, obviously, we come in reception detox our first night come on Might Wing, uh, so they used to bring them up, but it was a bit of tension sometimes, because they used to just bring them up when we were doing roll counters like for God's sake. Or they'd come up after and just open the gate, let them in, and then walk off. It's was like, who are you? Um, so they decided to have officers from reception on Mike and Mike on reception. So they put me down there. They said, oh, Mike, you go. Because the more experienced staff had moved on and I was like one of the experienced staff then. So I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll do that because learn something else. I'm all for that. So we went down reception uh, and then... We had to go to the Caribbean, Turks and Caicos, Caribbean, after the hurricanes because uh, the prison had been blown down basically and they're all, they're all escaped, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they caught them because there's only a little island in the middle of the ocean. So, um, yeah, we went over there. I mean, the first lot went I had to sleep in tents with all Marines around them, but by the time I went on the third crew, if you like, and uh, we had accommodation but it was only like a little building, there was 16 of us all in one building, two in each room. And it was um, eight females and eight males out. I'll tell you what, we got on fantastic, brilliant, I loved it. Um, Yeah, we was there, I'll tell you some stories about that as well. Um, and then when I got home, there was a letter on my door saying you moved to reception permanently, so that, that um, happened. Um, lots of stories about reception uh, I went to t- the TC prison for a while didn't last uh, came back I was spot two healthcare I was spot two back to reception um, and then I worked back in reception uh, but then come to the sad end of I, had to re- I retired early um, people say stupid there. I will say I did it on principle uh and yeah, people say, Oh, your principles cost you forty grand I said, Well, principals are worth more than that for me. And I had a little pension, so well, maybe that come into it. But yeah, it was uh good. Um lots of stories about healthcare through the pandemic. Uh then I went to House two. I loved it on House Two, it was good good team there then. Um, good manager, good A D. Uh Maxine, Ian Wayne, um, yeah, Jez. We had a good, good management, good team. We, we all got together, it was really good. My mate Jace came on there. other uh, colleagues I worked with before, one one was you know, we were all split up by then, all different roles in the prison. Uh so yeah, I was back I weren't working with I weren't at the same wing as Jace. So I was they put me on the um enhanced wing. Because at the time, it, the Wing, they were all getting a bit stroppy, and this I shouldn't say this, but yeah, so they asked me to go on there to actually help sort it out because they were just checking the uh, the mic, and um, and to uh, basically the enhanced so they have to act enhanced and a lot of them were not because they thought they were big men because they were and uh, they were doing long time. So uh, Maxine and Ian asked me to go in there and basically make it fully announced again, so I did. Um, There's a lot of, um, and this is not being racist today, but the majority of the wing were Muslim and we had like a couple of them were in there for terrorism and stuff like that so they wanted it more evened out, you know, so that was one of my briefs. So, I mean, to be fair, the first person I moved off the wing was a white guy who was just an arsehole He wasn't like doing the enhanced stuff that they should do. So, uh, yeah, and then a few of them, I mean, one of them accused me of racism, said, I'm only moving him because he's a Muslim. And I just said, mate, I'm moving you because you're a dickhead, that's it. There's no other reason. I'll just pack your stuff and off your trot. Because I'm not, it's one, I might be a lot of things, but I'm not a racist and I never would, but I never have been, never will be. Um but yeah, you get it thrown at you all the time, Um just gotta let it slide off you. just go over the top of your head really. Um I've even have <laughs> even had um white prisoners say you wouldn't do that to me if I was black and like, yeah mate I would. um it, it's just stupid the things they say, it's like what? You, you can't fathom it really, you just don't know. I mean, um, it was one time, this prisoner was in my face and I was just stood there, I didn't react. And he's like, oh, what's up with you, go? you're looking pale, and you're scared. And this prisoner walked past me and said, mate, he's going pale, I'd fuck off if I were you. Um. So, yeah, that that's what I mean about the relationship we had. Um, prison, a lot of the prisoners we got on with had our backs. It was a good, not like this, all this bullshit you did about all the screws were doing this and the screws were and that. Yeah. But they only ever tell you about the bad things that officers did. They don't tell you all the running around we do and the getting them phone calls because their mum's in hospital or they've got no money and, and the wife, they, one of the kids is poorly and all that stuff we do for them. But They don't they don't tell you that and this is why I'm doing this because prison officers work really hard and a lot of us do the job to, and we try and help them. If they take the, the Mickey out of us, then that's a different story. And they do, a lot of them will think, oh, we've got him now because he's doing this. And like, one of them's asked me, oh, he was from Manchester, this prisoner. So he's like, oh. And you know, I'm a man, obviously, me, me actually gives it away a little bit. And he's like, oh, you're working Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, mate. Because they always work Christmas. I think people with. Because I'm, I'm divorced now, my kids are grown up, and they've got their own kids and their own lives now. Um. So I tend to work Christmas, so somebody with kids can have time off. Um, I don't drink anymore, so I don't mind working New Year's Eve either. But, uh, he's like, oh, you're working Christmas? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, well, have you going to Manchester before? I said, yeah, I've got to see my family. Oh, uh, you wouldn't mind picking me something up? I was like, so I said, yeah, come and you sell a minute. So he thought I was going to like, I said, I went up to him and said, you ever, you ever, ever? Speak to me about shit like that again and I'll have you down the road I mean in seg I said and after I've kicked shit out of you, I'm not a bent officer don't take advantage because I try and do things for you, Now piss off um, I reported it and he got shipped out a couple of days later but sometimes he'll think you're soft because you're helping him a lot but you've got to put your foot down so most good officers and I was taught this by the older staff, a lot of them who I've mentioned, draw your line in the sand, and if they step over that line, then the story changes. So, uh, yeah, I was in reception. Uh, there's always a lot of, a lot of um, restraints and who uh, has, if you like, in reception, because especially in them days, we had. We didn't have a, a lot of the technology we have now. And uh, it used to be the old-fashioned strip searches when they come in from court and, it, you know, the squat and all that, and you have to look up. Oh. <coughs> uh, and when I first went to reception, I was the new officer because a lot of them had been there a few years in reception. So guess who got the bumhole duty? Yeah, Nick. So, yeah, and uh, you can imagine some of them come in that have been homeless for months and... Uh, wasn't a pretty sight. Um and um, sometimes it it squat and little bags of drugs would come out like snow out of the bumhole and and for some reason they wanted to fight us for it. Well, we've got it, mate. What's the point of fight? But I mean some we had some horrendous battles in there over it, drugs and or the little phone would pop out and Um uh, and also staff had come down with a suspect off the wing, drop him off, put him in a holding room, and then say, "Right, he, we think he's got drugs there," and then walk off. And it's like, "I'm gone." So it used to be us in reception you who know, ended up rolling out floor with this lad who had drugs up his bum. Uh, Maxine put a stop to that. She went mad. Uh, if so, if people brought someone down there to search, it was before we had Dsts. So, uh, funnily enough. It started being less and less prisoners got brought down. Because um, some of the staff didn't want the who hard and the trouble. I hated it me because I I hate paperwork. Uh, it, but so every time you see an hour someone you have to do paperwork. But it wasn't too bad in them days because it was all on paper. Uh in the wisdom, like anyone else in the world, it's gone electric now and oh my god, so Older people like me, if you like, I can't type fast, so it took me ages to type up an incident report, where when I wrote it with a pen, it took me two minutes. So uh, I tried to avoid them. (laughs) That's not true. Um, But the reason it's not true, I'll tell you if anyone comes back and I can do my second episode again. Um, But yeah, staff... Brilliant, ninety nine percent of them are brilliant and and they're there, do a job. And you're like me, if we do a little bit, help the prisoners a little bit and they see it and they appreciate it, you're gonna have a quieter shift, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's just common sense really. I mean some prisoners don't matter what you do, they'll still kick off, they'll still eat you. Or the shirt, they ate the shirt, shall we say. So, um but I mean I think that's a lot like we had a bit of a calm time at Dubgate, not very calm but calm ish for a Cat be Prison because we had good good staff relation staff prison relationships. I mean I'll go on about that later about some officers uh, who wasn't a professional relationship but anyway you get them everywhere I suppose. Um more about corrupt officers later on. Um talk about some quite infamous prisoners that we work with, Um, yeah, so there's a lot to talk about and I will go into it on my second episode because whether anyone listens or not it helps me, it's a bit therapeutic for me to get it all off my chest really. Now I'm out the doors and I'm out the gates and I'm walking the grass landings outside in the sun. but it's good to get rid of it. So I will be doing more. And if no one listens to it, no one listens to it, I'm not really bothered. I hope you do and I hope you enjoy it. Um, because it's going to stuff with prison, what prison officers do and how we are we and how we're treated by prisoners sometimes. It's, um, you know, it's a thankless job because, like I said, you go out and you you go out of your way to help them a little bit, give them a bit of respect and dignity. And the next day they can fucking throwing piss at you and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's stuff like that and it's how we're treated. I just wanted to set the record right with all these people who come on. Oh, when I, I did 20 years and the screws were horrible, they used to come and beat us up and all. Yeah, bollocks, man. Uh, sorry, no disrespect to them back in the day, like at Strangeways. I knew. We all know what the officers were like at Strangeways back in the day. So no disrespect to them. But I just thought I'd want to let you know that I mean, not a modern prison officer, because, no. In the middle, if you like, we're not that, you know, we'll have a fight, we'll have a roll around, with you because we have to, but we don't go purposely bullying someone. Um, and like the lad said from stage race, no, no racism. On Well, saying that, I did come across a few, but it's not openly racist like it used to be, but... It, in society these days, you can't get away from the bellends who were racist, can you? Um, I used to do a hell of a lot of uh, duty in Muslim prayer because a lot of people, I'm not, well, I'm not going to say it, but they didn't want to work with all them people. You know, I loved it. I did loads of, loads of uh, Muslim prayer. In fact, because I did that many, I, I had a lot of respect off the uh, Muslim prisoners. Not all of them. Um but most yeah, 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 most I mean, got in a rumble in there once and it A lot of the other Muslims went on my side to stop these two fighting because they were fighting inside the the chapel. And the, I turned on like that and they were all behind me. Helping, helping me out, not like kicking me in. And one of them even got the weapon off another prisoner and give it me. Um yeah, so um it's all about just treating people you know, I like I said, I say to people, I'm good, mate. You're good with me. I'm good with you. But cross the line, mate, and then you'll see a different me. And that wasn't a threat. I was just letting them know. And that's how I got my line in the sand. And a lot of, a lot of officers do it. They're not just me. I'm not just saying it's me. A lot of them do it. And like I told, I was taught that by, the older the prisoners more. I won't say older because I'm older than them all. The uh more experienced officers, um. Taught me hell of a lot, and that's how I carried it forward. I tried to pass it on to uh, any of the officers that I mentored. I mean, some that I worked with when they first started, like I said, are managers and ADs now, so uh, hopefully they took some of my advice on. Um. Yeah, so uh, I think I'll end there for now, um, and I'll get back on my revised volume two so I hope everyone's happy with that thank you very much for listening if you listened and if you didn't then you don't even hear me say thank you and I'll just say something now I learnt on my holidays adios (laughs) oh before I go I um, promised somebody um, I want to big up big. the girls at uh, Tattoo HQ in Chesterfield, if you want to have a brilliant tattoo and a good laugh while you're having it done, just call on them. Uh, and a big up to Polly. Lauren. red. Uh, for my new tattoo, thank you. Um, hope you're well, girls. See you soon. Bye.